0: Eastmond, what a wonderful name. It's an ancient Anglo-Saxon name, in fact, if you're wondering, that was given to a person who was of grace or favourable protection. And the surname, as I'm sure Mark and John know, was first found in the Doomsday Book in 1086. You may be fully familiar with a few famous Eastmans. Craig Leon Eastman, a semi-professional English footballer who plays for Sutton United in the National League, who's uh, busy preparing for the game against Chesterfield tonight, so we couldn't speak to him. Next on the list is uh, uh, Richard T. Eastman who's an American fighter pilot, a flying ace in the U.S. Navy during World War II, who was credited with nine aerial victories in uh, Fighting Squadron 1. He died in 1981, so he's unavailable for us tonight. Uh, So we are going to a man straight out of St. Mary's Estate in Oldham, the only human being that I know with the middle name Ovid. Welcome to Out of Your League. John and Mark, put your hands, your withered hands together for Mr. Kyle Eastman.
1: Ovid! That was lovely. Ovid! He kept that one quiet. He kept Ovid quiet, Kyle.
2: Do you blame me? Yep,
1: yeah, No, you're right. No, <laughs> it was a, Is that your
2: dad's on reflection? It? Yeah, it's my dad's name, yeah.
1: Yeah, on reflection of the team that Kyle came through in St. Helens, keeping that quiet probably was in his best interests, And we'll definitely come <laughs> on to talk about Kyle's... Uh, I'd say trajectory into the St. Helens first team and some of the lads who he used to travel with, which was, uh, I suppose, a big part of his development. But if your (laughs) middle name is Ovid, you would keep that from these toxic men who he used to travel with.
3: Definitely.
0: Definitely. When did you come across uh, Mark Flanagan on the mean streets of Oldham back in day,
3: Kyle? Oh, probably We both grew up in the odd, didn't we?
2: No, he didn't, mate. He's... I've never seen him anywhere near there, to be honest, but um, probably 13, 14, service area, Oldham Town team yeah, something like that, that.
3: Yeah, and um, Kyle's, Kyle's uncle was quite a good player and uh, on the old amateur scene, and he'd play for Saddleworth Rangers, and um, I'd mm. go watch on a Saturday, and Kyle would be there, and we'd kind of throw a ball around for, for a few years, and he'd always be dressed up in his Saints kit. 'Cause he was He's always uh, team prodigy and I'd have my scruffs on because nobody wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> and they still don't. No one wants you. Um, John, what was it? What,
0: what kind of beans have you got to spill on, on Eastman from from when you first met him? Because I mean Mark wasn't at Saints with with Kyle, but you yeah. were.
1: Well yeah, look, I think there's 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 one one thing that struck me about Kyle when I first met him, and and there's a few serious points here and a few not so. The first thing that struck me about Kyle was confidence, um, and Kyle's confidence was born out of an era where Instagram wasn't around. You know, social media was really just getting going. It, it was not a confidence born out of anything other than just being incredibly talented at something, and 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 Kyle might be the last young player that came through that walked in and had confidence, and it was justified, valid. In all the right ways and, and there's a lot of guys now who are in the same position i'm not i 'm not discrediting them, but at this time there's not i don 't think there was this what i 'd call like pseudo confidence that exists now where everyone inflates their own tires beyond where they 're really at. When Kyle walked in, he made a really fierce and like aggressive group of men take him seriously and that was my first impression of Kyle and I think about like the challenges he had actually at that time walking into that changing room the fact that he did it and conducted himself like he did made me understand a lot about this guy that he's resilient and that that, that he could deal with the ups and downs of what any sports career brings but my first impression confidence but not not arrogance just pure confidence in the best possible way
0: Kyle, we're going to go around the houses a bit, and we're going to take you back, and we're obviously going to look forward to you know an exciting move to Leeds for you as well. F- firstly, what does it feel like to be to be back in rugby league? What have you missed? Because you've had a bit of time to think about this.
2: Yeah, obviously it's um, you know it's it is exciting to come back for me at this stage in my career, but um, probably missed. I think I think probably just the integrity that you get in, in in rugby league in terms of the people. Um, and I'm not saying that in, in any way against any other people from rugby union or anything, but there is a difference. Do you know what I mean? There is a difference in terms of, you know, people's agendas, you know, what people are actually trying to get out of their careers and, and in in rugby league, I just find the integrity a little bit more in touch with, with with who I am. So probably just missed that, that side of things really. Um, but like you say, it is exciting to get back, and and I'm looking forward to the, you know what's ahead.
0: That's interesting. You say integrity. Yeah, I mean, if I was to ask you how different a person you think you are, Kyle, to the the guy who left league and the guy you know who's spent all those years in union and now has come back, because you've developed as a as a guy, as a as a human yeah. as well in that time. But but how how different are you? Do you think what's changed?
2: Um, I, I'm definitely different, massively. Um, different and 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 to be honest I owe that to to that move I made at that age and without that move I don't think I would be who I am today so I've definitely changed definitely grown up and and seen seen I don't know life a little bit differently um obviously now I've come back I'm I'm a father now and stuff like that so that helped me as well so so yeah I'm definitely a different person to to the to the person that left
0: I was going to say, John, to you when when Carl first came in, and you know, bearing in mind he's a working class black lad from from Oldham, as we've as we've established, and it, it, in in a world like rugby league, that is so different to union, which Carl's going to get get onto. But was he was he seen as different to you guys when he came into that St Helen's squad?
1: Um, I think th- there's a thing with Carl. Like, I I never like looked at things like his 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 skin colour or his class. Like I just wouldn't even consider, you know you know, that when I was looking at the kid. I think uh it was all about competence for me and, and 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 when you're doing a job of work and when you're in a rugby team it's it's a job, right? You want people to come in and contribute and increase the value of your team. And they can do that in loads of ways. Like some guys come in and, and, and lighten the mood. There's some guys who Socially bring things to the team. And there's some guys who bring absolute, pure, you know, undistilled performance. And that was what Kyle brought to our team. And and was it difficult for Kyle? Like I can't, but he, I've got no fucking idea whether it was difficult for him or not, you know. But for me, watching somebody come in like Kyle was was easy, you know. It made my job easier playing with somebody like Kyle, you know. And that, and that is what you want from a teammate. As somebody who, who can add more than he takes away. And, and if you create more than you consume in sport, you keep going. As soon as you start consuming more than you create, you're gone. And that's that's how brutal sport is. And I think looking back, you know, again at that time, like I mentioned in the just the prelude is, you know, I think a lot about Kyle. I think a lot about the time when he left Saints and, and why that came about. I think a lot about, you know, that his opening few years at the club where he travelled over with Nick Fozard. Uh, Paul Anderson, Leon Price, Lee Gilmore in a Citroen Picasso, right? I think a lot about it. it, 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 it it's, I wake up at night, will, like, worried. I, I, I'm still worried now about some some of the things that went on in that car. Well, you know, we we you know, it's we just can't not speak right. About and it you can't speak about it. in this day can't and speak age. About if you if you, if you brought that up, Kyle, if you blew the lid off that, there would be five pairs of handcuffs going through Wakefield, Dewsbury and Batley now. <laughs> but, you know, I, do, I think a lot about that time and, uh, you know, the time at which she left Saints. And that stuck with me for a long time because it, it didn't sit well with me that time, all of it, every bit of when Kyle had to leave. And, right. you know, I suppose, you know, I've kept close-ish, not, not like I'm ringing Kyle every week, but he's always been on my thoughts at that point at which she left.
0: Well, look, Carl, let's get stuck into that then because John touched on it there. But there was, and I know perhaps inside the world of Rugby League, certainly inside the world of St. Helens, people are are more aware of this story. But I'm talking to those who who perhaps aren't. And there was that controversy in your final year at St. Helens. You were suspended by the club after making, I don't know, what I read was an an appropriate gesture towards the the home fans. What what was going on during that time in your head um, that led you to to leave Saints and to to join Bath. I know you were dropped to the under-18s because they then have recalled you because of injuries and you were booed by the club's fans. Was that a difficult time for you? Is it a time you look back on now and and have sort of different thoughts on?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, it was difficult. It was very difficult, to to be honest. Um, obviously, the club that I joined since I was 11 years old. So, so listen, mate, there's... there's yeah, there was things that happened in that time. But, but listen, St. Ellen's is... Is a club that you know I care about and and I respect as much as any club that I've ever played for. So, so listen, I know things, you know, didn't go right for them a few months, but but I was there from 11 years old for 10 years, and and it's a club that I respect more than more than anything. So, uh, it was disappointing, you know, the way I ended. Um, you know, there was a lot going on. I thought I didn't done the right thing by. Announcing I was going to go to rugby union early enough in the season so the club could replace me, but ultimately, um, you know, and it w- it wasn't just St. Helens if I'm honest it, at all. It was the whole of rugby league really because at the time, I was the current England number seven. I was the St. Helens number seven, and I announced I'm going to rugby union. So we can't just say it was it was totally St. Helens. You know, the whole of rugby league, you know, wasn't happy with that, which. I prefer that because it showed the value that that, that, that that I had in the game at the time, but um, it was tough, you know, I, I was carrying an injury, I was leaving Rugby League, I was leaving St Helens and, you know, it was all, And I was 21, do you know what I mean? I was immature, well, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was immature, basically, you know, there was some things that I could have done a lot better and there was some things that other people and other things could have done a lot better, but we didn't get it right at that time, but... I don't hold nothing at all against St. Helens at all. It was just, you know, it it's just a, a poor exit, really, um, from rugby league. But yeah.
3: And did that in that incident and and that time, did it validate your decision to go to rugby union? Did did you did it make you reinforce that you that you've made the right decision because you've been treated in this way, not by just by Saints, but by the rugby league family, and um, and then it kind of made you want to spur you on a little bit more in rugby union.
2: No, no, not at all. Um, genuinely, Flanny, um, it it didn't. I didn't think about it like that uh, for one second. You know, it probably took over me, which, which looking back now, I understand, like, it was probably a challenge that I could have, you know, if I was a little bit older, I probably would have dealt with things a little bit better, but I wasn't capable or experienced enough or had the right support around me. Don't get me wrong, I've got good support but i mean as in advice as in experienced people who might have been through these sort of things or anything like this so so i didn't have that so um you know it was just i took it quite bad really i was quite you know i was injured I was quite down about what was happening really i thought i'd done the right thing by telling you know announcing to england rugby league and and my club that i'd leave in march to give them a full season to replace me but ultimately you know, um, the reaction was quite heavy, and um, yeah, I, yeah.
0: I mean, look, that's that is a big thing, though, isn't it? You know, Wilco can come in on this as well because I'm sure it's well, uh, Wilco and Mark have been booed by their own fans for very different reasons. Uh, <laughs> but but what yeah. is that like? Because the people that you've grown up in front of, and you know, you said you were at the club, Kyle, since you were a kid. Yeah. To be booed by the people that you've yeah. Been doing the thing that you love so much as a as as a youngster. Do you know what I mean? As a teenager.
2: Mm. Yeah, no that that was that was difficult. Um, um, you know, y- y- your family are in the crowd, and and to be honest, probably more difficult on them. Really, like I'm playing rugby at the end of the day. Like when I'm tackling someone or I'm taking the ball, or I'm not really thinking about this, but but you've got your family, your mum and your sisters are watching, and and they're probably feeling it quite heavy as well you know so you know it was difficult but really and truly like I said now I'm a lot older um it just shows probably the value I had at 21 years old that 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 a sport um a club fans would would feel the need to do that um just showed that you know I, I had a level of respect
1: yeah the benefit of time sorry benefit of time well I think with things like that is like Kyle said he's a young man having to deal with being booed by fans of a club like and and kyle just has just admitted there that that had he had the skill set sort of the mental dexterity and the experience he's got now like you understand the pros and cons of sport when you're mm. 20 21 like it, it's a very young age to be exposed to something like that you know mm. I, I dealt with it throughout my career at different times but i dealt with it probably when i was at an age where i'd made this rationalization in my mind that were just entertainment for people and people yeah. have a bad week and they want to be entertained and they want to boo and it's pantomime, isn't it? They need a villain. They need somebody to cheer and and, and that's, mm. that's sport. You know, once you get your ego too far into something and you forget that you're just there purely for the entertainment of others, it's dangerous. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're young, like, Jeez, you have no idea that that's what you're doing. You're just enjoying things. And that's why that's why I thought a lot about Kyle, you know, at that time, because there's a lot going on for, for this young guy. And uh, you know, I think
2: you know, you learn a lot in that time, don't you, Kyle? Oh, massively, yeah. I think I think probably didn't learn that though. Like you're saying, Wilco, is like it was only two years after you realize what you actually learned. At the time, you know, you're quite bitter about like why Why would you do that you know what I mean like but like as years go on like you say I've learned a lot out of them situations and that time really I've learned loads out of it
0: Carl look I haven't got a, a filter so I ask the awkward questions and you can bat them away no problem. but just looking at it from the outside then the move to Bath had the decision mm. been made in your head that you wanted to go to Union whether it was money or whatever but you wanted to go to Union you had your heart set on that and yeah. it was a case of Saints then sort of pushing back on it and saying right well look we'll put you in the under 18s you're going to train over there and then the, the clubs uh, the the fans found out etc cetera, etc cetera, and it kind of went from there um
2: it it kind of it kind of went from from there yeah literally um once i did sign to go to rugby union um you know things did change like that. Um, I can't really remember, I remember, I can't really remember Wilco why I, why did I didn't end up playing in the but United States? I
0: mean, I mean, I mean in terms of like how people turned on you, you know, Kyle, like there, there was obviously a, a point where fans and people at the club turned on you for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was literally, literally because I was going to Ruby Union. That was, that, 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 and, that mm. was
1: it. If I look back at the time as well, Will, we had this moment where we were, we were on the pitch and we were training and I think Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle ran the team, Right. So Kyle's 21 and he ran the team. Uh, Royce Simmons, the coach at the time, was trying to get us to do something. And Kyle was having just a normal conversation, actually, looking back with Royce about, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. And uh, Royce lost his rag and was... uh, They got into a bit of a slanging match on the training ground. But it was genius because Louis McCarthy-Scarsbrook was up on disciplinary. (laughs) and Scott Moore, who was a crazy guy who played with us, had hidden Louis' keys. And no, in the and middle of this he hid argument.
2: he did his pants. he hid
1: his pants. he hid his, he hid his tracks and <laughs> bottoms with his keys in. So Royce and Kyle are having this head-to-head argument on the pitch. <laughs> Royce stopped halfway through and goes, fucking hell, who's got <laughs> Louis' keys? It was like, Scott Moore's like, they're in, his, they're in his pants, I'll go get them. And ran off. <laughs> Kyle and Royce are in the middle of the pitch having this argument. It's just a surreal sort of moment. But it was around that time that that... Yeah, there was a lot of negativity. You know what I mean, and it's it's not, you know, it's it's not, It wasn't right. You know what I mean. I agree with you. Well, what you said that timeline actually was was quite cruel on a young guy. You know, looking back, but sport is cruel, isn't it?
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Mark, I was going to ask you that because it's not it's not always plain sailing, isn't it? I know when you left Saints, it's not just a case of. You know, because you you know when a, another club is trying to recruit you, and there's a time frame, you don't know whether you're getting a new contract. I'm not saying that you had a big move to Rugby Union in that sense, but it's never plain sailing to leave a club, and, and you, it can leave a bit of a sour taste in your
3: mouth, can it? No, it's 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 not plain sailing, and I think the most frustrating thing, whenever you receive backlash from fans, is is the fact that they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't think many Saints fans were that asked that I went to um, to Salford, but. Um, I can remember a couple of games during my career when we've we've lost quite heavily, and um, mm. we, we we the reception that we received from the fans uh, was quite disgusting at times. I remember playing for Salford and we'd lost a game, and I think I got knocked out and I split my head open. And I went to clap the fans after the, after the, the final whistle had gone, and there were there were supporters um, making eye contact me, s- uh, swearing, saying the worst names you can Im- imagine at me, who just. Poured his heart out onto the field and split his head up and done everything he could for that badge and for, for that, those fans. Um, and even though you, you rationalise it and, and you can, you can try and say that it's just entertainment, it's just a game, and it's just their natural reaction. It, it does hurt, and you know, I think to be victimised in the way that Kyle was um, must must have been pretty tough at his age. But I think as
1: well, right? We take if you take praise, right? So when somebody gives you a compliment. Like you, you absorb it, you probably enjoy it. Somewhere inside, it really makes you feel nice. If you if you take those compliments in sport, you, you sort of have to take criticism to some extent. You know what I mean? It's just part it's part of the game. Like like criticism and praise are like treacherous fucking extremes of something that you know the they're, they're really dangerous. You spend too much time looking at the praise or criticism, and it's really bad for you. You know, you've got to be happy and neutral in sport, and that's the benefit of time in sport, that you find neutral. You're not in this moment where you're getting praised. You're not bothered about being criticised. You find this gap down the middle, and Will, you know, Will, actually, you in broadcasting, you know, you'll, you'll come across that, surely.
3: I think if you're comfortable in your own skin, you're not bothered about the praise. It's just the criticism that's perhaps unwarranted, or uncalled for that 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 probably gets the better of you. Let me ask you this, Carl. So when we're
0: at the stage when you're leaving St Helens then, right? And you've got this big, exciting move at the time, I imagine, to Bath and you're already thinking about kind of World Cups down the line and, you know, major or well, six nations and so on and playing for England in, in a different code. Um, what was it like then when you were surrounded by the public school brigade? My my guys, my gang, when uh and and how, and sort of how, and how, you know, I guess their route would have been so different to yours.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was different. You know what? Some of, some of my best friends and some of the people that I'll be in contact with for the rest of my life are public school, um, educating and stuff. And and that was one of the things that, that I wouldn't say it worried me. I think I was a bit, I was a bit, not naive, but I didn't, I, I was a bit fearless. I just turned up. I just thought as soon as I get onto the rugby pitch... I, you know, I can do this, so I'll, I'll be all right. But, but um, you know, a lot of the guys are from a very different upbringing, a different background, culture than than somebody like me. Do you know what I mean? I'm coming from Saint Mary's Estate one week, and I'm next minute I'm living in the city centre of Bath, and I'm training up at this stately home, and people's parents have got businesses, and you know, and and, and this isn't the be all and end all to them. This isn't life or death to them. Whereas to me, this is this is my opportunity to 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 help my family, the first to help the family. You know what I mean? I, I've got nothing to fall back on. So so that's the first thing that hit me. Like I actually started to respect them even more because they don't need to be here. I, I kinda do. Do you know what I mean? I, I've got to, well, I don't have to be here, but but when I you know at that age I'm the one with the opportunity in my whole family to to try and you know build a foundation. These guys are here because they just love rugby. So um that that's ultimately where I where I respected them straight away and I like to say it was, it was different but it was brilliant. Like I said the best move I ever made because it um it not only helped me on the pitch but off the pitch as a person I grew massively.
1: What about that pressure Kyle, right? Talk to me about that pressure. You know the pressure of you saying right you're the first guy or the first person in your family who can make a yeah. difference so you get to rugby yeah. Union, you're surrounded by people who've got means and who it doesn't really matter to them to be there you know just talk me through that 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 is the there's some pressure on you there for sure
2: yeah, yeah yeah the pressure the pressure is is massive and and i think we'll call if i'm honest um if i'm honest like you, um I've probably just become brilliant at playing under pressure all the time. Like, I can't remember not playing under pressure, even when it's not a big game or whether I'm playing under 18s academy. I've always had pressure, but I just kind of never understood why. But, but it's only now I'm experienced and I understand the pressures that, that I put myself under. Listen, my family, they don't want nothing from me. They don't expect anything from me. But I know I'm the only one up today. That could actually even do something to help, even if that is. Listen, I'd, I'd never been in a house that was bought until I bought a house. I've never, not none of my friends, nobody I grew up with, no, none of my family, n- nobody lived in a house that was bought. We lived in council estates. We lived, you know, do you know what I mean? So the pressure I was carrying was just trying to build the foundation. We're not even trying to go to a hundred. We're just trying to build one. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And and that's the sort of thing that that I was carrying really. So it was a bit of pressure, but um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's probably what helped me on the pitch though, Wilco. Maybe that's what it was. Do you know what I mean? And have you had that? Have
3: you put that pressure on yourself for a long time? Because as you as you mentioned earlier, you signed at Saints at eleven, and. Um, I, I know some people that you know from a similar background to you at St Mary's, and and they've gone down a very different path to what what you've done. And I think the temptation to maybe follow that might have been easy and might have been the easy option, but to to live the life you have, you've been you've been very clean living for a long time. You you don't really drink, I don't think. You don't. You, I think you like a McDonald's every now and again, but you you're pretty strict with yourself. Um, has that kind of been from childhood that you've kind of thought this is this is the way? I can really make something in my life.
2: Yeah, I think so. Like um, from from the age of you know even before Saint Ellen's even came and spoke to me and stuff. I remember um, I remember when Saint Ellen's actually came and spoke to me at eleven, at ten, sorry. And I'm in Saint Ellen's, and this is this is put it into context. So my mum's working four jobs, so she works just four jobs in the town centre every hour of the day. And I'm in Saint Ellen's and Mike Rush approached me and asked me, "Can I get you? Can I speak to your mum or dad?" And I'm like, "I'm here with I'm in the car with somebody else's mum or dad. Like my mum works, like she can't be here, so I had to I had to literally give her the home phone number, like, and because I had no parents at the game. And then he called like a few days later to my mum, but well, she didn't understand what was going on at all. So the the pressure that I felt was kind of like, you know. I've got to try my best to try and make something here because ultimately I don't know who's, who's going to be able to, to, to do anything. So I think I've just carried it from a young age, Flan, do you know what I mean? Um, from a even without even knowing, I just feel like I've carried that kind of responsibility basically, you know, for, for, for my immediate family.
0: I really want to tap into um, a bit more the, you know, the, potential, well, definite class barrier and divide and mm. potential race divide of when you joined union. Did you feel people turning their nose up at you?
2: Um, I wouldn't say turning the nose up at me. No, I, I definitely felt there is a, there's no question there's a barrier. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, I wouldn't say, I, I, people was turning the nose up at me.
0: I mean, so that that day when you you know you go into a into a big camp at, at Bath and you you know in a completely different environment, um, as you've already alluded to, with people who've come from completely different backgrounds, and you perhaps weren't used to a variety of backgrounds like that from where from where you've come from. Yeah, there must there must have been. A, a sort of a period where it took, you know, a, a breaking in period for you to get used to that that world, that new world that you were just entering?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. the Yeah, it did take me a while. It, to be honest, it took me, you know, a good year to to get, to to feel comfortable, really. But, 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 um, to be honest, I don't think that was down to the rugby union class or the rugby union um, culture divide. I think that was down to me and where I was coming from at St. Ellen's. I think, I think I, I'd lost a lot really coming from sales. It took, it took that much out of me. I was quite unsure of myself at times and unsure of, you know, I think, I think I can't remember even using my social media for a good few years. Uh, do you know what I mean? I was just a bit worried, like getting hammered and stuff and, and, and things like that. So I think it took me a year to really start feeling comfortable and come out of my shell and start going, meeting the lads after training and, and being around the lads and 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 you know voicing my my opinion on stuff in and around the change. Rugby was no problem because I felt comfortable there. But just as a person, you know, I think that year just took a lot out of me.
0: And look, I'll, I'll ask you straight up, Carl. Have, have you had any experiences of racism in whether it's league or or union, and and where was it more of a concern for you when you look back on that?
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah, I have, of course. Um, it, I wasn't. Cons- I'm. I'm not concerned about. I'm not concerned about it um, in terms of hurting me as a person. It just. It is sometimes. Um, you know, it does, it can play on your mind a little bit to to understand that, like, why is that even crossing people's minds? You know, we're not here for that. We're here. We're here for the rugby and and. The thing that really troubles troubles me the most is 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 why would we accept that it's not there when it's it's quite obvious. Do you, do you know what I mean? And and like I said, that's not somebody calling you a racist name. That's not that's not. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying the tone, you know, things and and and. Um, is that a lack I of don't...
0: education there? Where like where did where did that come from, Carl? Where was it being directed at you from? From fans? From coaches? From within the clubs?
2: Um, I've had it, I've had it from fans before, twice I've had it from fans. Um, and to be fair, the people on the sidelines have actually voiced their opinion for me and, and, and kind of stood, stood up and stood the ground, which was, which was good to see, but I've heard it from the, from the fans, but, but like I say, it's not something that, it's something that I'm very aware of and something that obviously I'm not, um, I'm not going to be happy with, but it's something that I think needs some genuine, um, I'm trying to articulate it in the right way, but it, we need to be careful. We need to be very careful around this because because at the moment, I'm seeing a lot of representation of, of black people in sport. That that That's that's great, but at the same time, we've got to be careful who we're passing the mic to you because there's some people that are accepted as black people in sport. You, do, do you understand what I mean? And and sometimes their words can actually can actually be detrimental to 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 what people are fighting for. So we have got to be careful of who we're passing the mic to because, you know, everybody's black experience is different. It's powerful. Do, 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 you, do you know what I mean? Like my my my, yeah. my, 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 yeah. my yeah. black my You're black so experience well, is di- is different to somebody else's black experience. So we got to be careful on. If he's saying he's never suffered racism, that doesn't mean I've never suffered it. So we gotta be careful of who we're passing the mic to, you know. Because sometimes I feel like we're passing it to the right people to, to, to not to not really take care of this issue.
1: Is that frustrating, Kyle, to watch? Do you know the race, the race issue? Yeah. Is, it, is it a frustration for you?
2: Um It is frustrating, but It's something that I've I've obviously not jumped two feet in because, like I said, I I think there needs to be a um, a more strategic way of 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 working on this, not just visual representation of black people. All of a sudden, like we need this to be in a in a much better way. I think we can do this in a much better way. Sorry.
0: I, do, I just I'm being nosy here, Carl, but I, I just want to you know. And this isn't about union and league and whatever and where you've experienced it more, but I just wanted to know, is, was that something that ramped up and that you were more aware of when you went down south and when you were in that sort of group of people? Or was it something you were already experiencing no. from fans, example, at St. Helens? I,
2: I, didn't, I didn't experience it from fans from St. Helens at all. I, I, I'd i experienced it in both rugby league and union. Um both different but I've experienced it in both um yeah well
1: I I think there's there's something interesting well about about the the bias in sport the bias there's a media bias in sport and and there's a really subconscious little battle going on right and and you know I read some of the rhetoric about extra league players in 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 the bigger newspapers and I I think it is outrageous that that some of these newspapers get away with writing with a real subconscious tone of detriment to to people who they believe shouldn't belong there, and I think the subconscious bias of it it's not it's not obvious it's not in your face right you know for example there's a headline in the Times this weekend and it's saying it's Judgment Day for the both the Farrells and both you know Northern rugby rugby league lads you know when Sam Burgess Sam Burgess was was he had a good game against Wales in the World Cup and then it was, they called him a rugby league refugee. Like, the, the, you can't use that language. It's, it's irresponsible. You know, it, the way in which I think sometimes there's a difference in the general public, the supporting groups behind clubs, the management of clubs, the coaching staff of clubs, and five or six 50 to 70-year-old white journalists who work for broadsheet papers... There's a whole different. We're not talking about. They're not a cross section of society, right there. You know that and, that, and there's a. That's where I do see a bias. Whether whether Kyle's felt it or not, that's where I sensed it more than ever.
0: Well, do you know what Kyle, As well, I mean, because it, it's so prevalent now, and quite rightly, you know, probably uh, I'd say even from the the George Floyd moment, how there's been a a, a sea change, and it's gone across all society. It's good, but it's but it has come into sport and. And it's a brilliant thing, and it is about awareness. And and you know, racial bias is is huge. I don't know how much you felt that before, how much it's upset you before. But let me give you a few examples. Because my work at the BBC, for example, we've spoken to Rio Ferdinand about this. We've spoken to um, all sorts of black footballers who are still playing, um, some some who are not, and even phrases right that we would have all used. And I and again, this is an educational thing, but phrases, things that you just wouldn't. Obviously, we're not idiots, and you y- you would look into the mm-hmm. actual phrase and realize why have I, Why have I been saying that for the last five or six years? Even things like harmless things in your head, nitty gritty, sold up the river, all these sorts of phrases, which are used in commentary, which have all got you know slave connotations,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and things we shouldn't be saying. Look, me, Flash, and John will never be able to understand white privilege because we won't we we, we just we, we won't be able to stand that and I think it's a massive conversation to be had now and hopefully people are 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 starting to learn I don't know if we, whether you thought with some of your teammates Carl, whether it was a case of they just you know they didn't they didn't mean bad you know it was it was it's still awful to experience racism like that but it was more of a, a lack of education than anything
2: um yeah yeah I um, there is that I understand that part. Um still though you know you know that that is the problem though isn't it that the fact that we're comfortable enough to sit there and it shouldn't even cross your mind somebody's Like, it shouldn't even cross your mind to even joke about someone's color what what is it he's, he's black I'm white I'm Asian what it doesn't matter does it um no I just yeah, but, but we have, but, but
0: Carl, let me interrupt you there because we, we have to be we have to be aware of your color. I mean, that's the thing I hear. You know, black people saying that if you if you see me and you don't see color, then then you then you're part of the problem in that sense. We have to be aware of it. Mm. It's not a case of just seeing you as someone else, is it? I mean, that's that's part of the issue these days.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. But I just feel like, like you said, if, whether it's a lack of education, I don't think it's a lack of education at all. I think I think that's part of uh, one of the main problems is. We're accepting that we didn't know, oh, we need to be educated. We need, we know about racism. It's the most obvious thing that's been around for hundreds of years. Like, like we, we can't put it down to we need some more education. Everybody knows that there's racism. Everybody knows that these things have been happening for years. We can't all of a sudden now just take on the tone that we didn't know that that was racist. Like... I, I don't i don't i don't buy that i don't I buy think
3: that. i think another issue that's that's not always considered is is the subtle racism um and and racial stereotyping there's a there's a concept in sport called stacking which uh, athletes are placed into certain positions due to like racial stereotypes for example black players black athletes are more powerful or faster than their, mm. the white white counterparts now I think it's quite interesting that we've got Kyle on. Uh, who's probably the only black scrum half that I can remember Um, who's he has got loads of attributes he's, he's fast, he's skillful, and he's a great decision maker but it would have been easy for him to have been pushed into playing wing or centre similar to a lot of other black players in rugby league and rugby union and I think it's quite interesting that he does play number 7 it's an obvious 7 it's great decision making he's got all the attributes but I think a lot of players are pushed into the stereotype of you're black, you're big and fast, you're going to play out wide. And and I think it's an issue that that we have in in sport and society. And I I just wonder if if Kyle's ever experienced coaches during his younger days or professional career being pushed into playing more towards his physical attributes rather than the skill and the decision-making attributes that's predominantly more aligned to, to white rugby players.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've experienced that. Um, it's actually frustrating at times, to be honest. Um, you know, people, they forget that what you really are. And that, that's what I feel like it's a bit, um, it's a bit um, embarrassing, really. If you do your research, you know, if you do your research, you'll see what type of player a player is. And sometimes people will talk to me as if, oh, I'll just get the ball and run. And you, yeah, I remember, I've seen, that's not my game. Like that is part of my game, but I mean, there's another part of my game as well. So sometimes it's quite, it's quite disappointing, really, when people just don't give you the credit for what you actually are. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, and I think I've all, well, I've known you in a long time, and I, I I hear the lazy comparisons with Jason Robinson, and yeah, on one yeah, aspect, yeah. that's that's a great compliment because he he's probably the best cross court rugby player in the world ever, and he's an unbelievable player. But it's really lazy. Just because you're short, you're black and you're quick doesn't mean you're Jason Robinson. It's a bit of an insult yeah. to your skill set and what you can do with the ball just to assume that you're the next Jason Robinson. Has, has, has that comparison affected you or, or disappointed you
2: in a way? It, it's not affected me at all. But, but like you say, we couldn't be more opposite, really. Yeah. <laughs> We couldn't be with the polar opposite rugby player completely. But yeah. when I made when I made the move to rugby union, you know the articles was pictures of me and Robinson, and the next Jason Robinson. And <laughs> it's <Right>. so lazy, <laughs> and that, that's that's we'll racism. That subtle so cool. <laughs> racism. The next Jason Robinson, like ne- I can't remember Robinson ever passing a rugby ball. Like he, he's a genuine <laughs> could winger. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> couldn't pass. And, and Carl, that's that's just down to you. That was just down to you being black. That comparison was drawn basically Literally. from like, like you're saying la- lazy journalism.
1: Well, no, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, He's black and he's black and quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean quick. It, it, but wait, we talk about right rugby IQ and then and then there's athletic ability and they're like the two like conflicting things and probably in union like rugby IQ and like athletic ability are really split whereas in league like it's becoming like almost one thing where you're at, you need a, you need to have a rugby IQ you need to be a bit athletic whereas Kyle's gone into rugby union and he's he's running next to like I don't know like Alan Wynne Jones and he looks like <laughs> well god you know what I'm saying it's just like ridiculous so yeah. It, you know, because of the split in rugby union, I think the comparison would have been made, but that's just like, I think Flash said, like, or, or, or Kyle said, just do your research. Give give this, Kyle was an international rugby player when he went to rugby union. Do your research. Watch this try. I sent a try into the WhatsApp group for this podcast of your tra- last minute try against Wigan. You know, that... that I played that, in that, game. That, that Yeah, just... Do your research. Watch this guy manage a game. Manage the flow, ebb and flow of a game and and, and then understand what he's about. Because Kyle managed a, a whole game as a 20-year-old 20, 20 kid. You know, he managed and that's, tw- that's 20 so rare. big egos.
3: And, and especially yeah. across all sports in the UK, it's rare that you've got a black athlete playing in the main decision-making position at such a young age. There's not been many central midfielders of, of black origin. There's not been many key fly halves in rugby union same in cricket and I think it's it's quite groundbreaking that, that Kyle came through at 19, 20, and he was the man and he was, he could have been and probably still can be uh, a massive uh, hero and an idol for, for, for lots of, of young black kids playing rugby league
0: and look, Carla, I don't want to make this all about your race, but I think it's a fascinating conversation. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, come, it's come right, right. to the right. forefront recently, which is why it's interesting. And I just want to ask you this before we move away from that. Did did you feel that, that bias of a, you know, young working class black lad in union when it came to international selection? Because I remember watching your England performances and, you know, I thought you were absolutely fantastic. You made your debut in, in 2013 against Argentina. You had six caps in the end, but only six caps um three of them against the all blacks i mean wow you know it doesn't get bigger than that in terms of um in the red rose does it but you would have thought you would have had more than six over your career at playing for bath playing for wasps playing for Leicester and before you come back to
2: league 100% 100% i think um listen um it, it it's not something that that hurts me deeply but I understand that I was better than six caps and I probably deserved a bit more but ultimately it's just a man's decision it's just one one guy's decision that decides I want to play this player and that's that um I I I did enough to 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 get more but but I didn't and um I'm just quite proud that like something I look at when when I finish playing that I managed to go over there again and and like Flan said in rugby league but in rugby union, I, I'm, I'm probably more proud of the impact I made as an inside centre, really, in, in the way that the style of play that I brought to the game. Um, um, I managed to impact the game um, more than what I thought I would. So, so you know, the fact that I didn't get more caps, you know, is disappointing. But at the end of the day, it's just it's just one man's decision, and and you know, I did much more than than that in the game.
0: Was Stuart Lancaster a roadblock for you? And I'm saying that because I know he was for someone like James Haskell <laughs> and I've heard that from it, from his mouth and, you know, Danny Cipriani as well. He seemed to be a coach that if he wasn't having you as a bloke, it didn't necessarily matter what you were doing on the field.
2: Um, Lancaster was fine. Like, Lancaster... I reckon if Lancaster picked the team, I would have played plenty more. So what we talking, guys? so what
0: we... So are we talking Rob Andrew? Are we, are we are we just talking RFU
2: dinosaurs? In terms of team selection, yeah, yeah. no. I, um, I don't believe that Lancaster selected the t- selected the team whole, you know, solely. And I don't mean that anybody was picking it for him, but I mean I think Lancaster was well in tune with what we was doing at Bath, and and he liked it, and and he would have. Um, Probably selected me a few on a few more occasions. Um, you know, I, I think I think the obstacle might have been in the style of play, really. Um, and 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 that's something that the coaches, you know, would have to would have to would have to decide. But I think Lancaster was probably leaning more towards the way we played at Bath, and you know, there was many occasions when the whole Bath back line got picked, and and I'd be a reserve. Which doesn't make any sense, does it? You know, if 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 George Ford starting at ten, and Joseph starting at thirteen, and Watson starting at, on the wing, I'm directly in the middle of that. You you know, and you know, there's you know I'm I'm the twelve, like I'm the one that's, do you know what I mean? So there's plenty of occasions that you, there was never a time when when we when I played in that setup. So so it is what it is, but there's no issue whatsoever, mate. It's just it, it is what it is.
0: In terms of coming back then, Carl, to, to Leeds and well to, to Super League and to you know yeah. to the Rhinos, what, what offers did you have at the time? Was was staying in union an option? I know you've been tempted because of Richard Agar, who you worked with at England Academy when you were a, a youngster, and obviously Sean Long at St Helens as well.
2: Yeah. Um I just think I got to a stage in my career, if I'm being honest. Um I, I had some opportunities in France and, and in the premiership, but but I've just got to a stage in my career where where I just want to be around the right set of people, you know. Right now, um, listen, I'm not coming back to rugby league for a payday, am I? Do you know what I mean? Like that—that's that, obvious. Um, um, but but I do love rugby, and 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 I and I feel in the right environment that uh, you know, I, you know, I can thrive. And and to be honest, I with Kev being at Leeds and Richard Agar from England under eighteens and longy being there, I just don't know even if I went to Premiership Rugby Union, could I get that sort of infrastructure around me to make me, you know, to to improve me again, essentially, to 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 believe in me and 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 somebody and some people that I can trust. I don't think I could get that. So it's quite simple really. Once Leeds was interested, it was simple for me. You mentioned trust there, Kyle. Has has that been an issue in these last few years? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I said at the start, and with the integrity thing, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not a bad person in terms of trying to. I wouldn't say anything bad about anyone, but, 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 you know, just. At, at this stage in my career, where where I'm playing because I want to play, not because I have to play or I need to, to go and take a new that that's not the case. The case is I want to play. So, so you know, the trust is is crucial for me. You know, some you know some people that are gonna, you know, they want me there for the right reasons, and and I can you know they believe in what I can do. So,
0: Carl, I want to ask you this because you know you know when people ask you that cliched question in especially when you've played in two different codes like that. Oh, did you have any regrets? You know, do you regret going to, to, and that question in general in life, do you have any regrets? I mean, I'm sure Wilco is the same as me. You know, we initially, initially the answer is just, oh no, I don't regret anything. But if I look back on my life, I have so many fucking regrets. I mean, like I'm like Wilco as well. We are probably very, very flawed individual people. Do you, when you look back at <laughs> very flawed, very flawed. Um, do do you let me ask you this one first do you wish you'd come back earlier to league
2: no no chance okay. um so
0: it's the, so it's the, it's the right time for that? you in terms of you are th- you're 31 you're, yeah yeah I do I do I do
2: no I just I just I think the t- I think the time I went and the time I've come back has been at uh, 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 the, uh, the right times for me you do, do you know what I mean like um no, I think it's the right time.
1: Yeah, I, I just think you're going to go in in league now. You're back because we we had a good chat me and Kyle the other day, and I was chatting about the nuanced sort of differences between league and union. And 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 like one thing that drives me crazy both ways is that when either side's spectators are critical of the other, I think both games have got like the merits, and both games have got the flaws. And yeah. like you've got there's a lot of snobbery, right? We talk about a media bias towards rugby union well, there's a, a, probably an entire game bias towards rugby union from rugby league, as in we, we think it's an inferior product. We always talk about it being an inferior product, but it's it's just so different. So what I'm interested to see is instead of Kyle thinking more tactically and, 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 and adapting really quickly to subtle changes in union, to how he's going to adapt back to that rub, rugby league sort of mentality where anything anything is possible, you know, you play a bit more.
2: Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think there's loads that that I, I genuinely thought when I came back is like, there's nothing, like I thought maybe a little bit, of, you know, off field stuff, I might be able to, you know, help with this, that and the other and help, you know, in preparation for a game. But, I just learned in the last couple of weeks. There's loads There's loads that cross over into in between both sports, and I, and I don't re- understand why we don't tap into each sport. You know, from either end. And um, yeah, um, obviously the, there's a, there's a few things that you know you got to brush up on and stuff. But but my 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 goal is to is to not just turn into a full-on rugby league player. Like the same way when I went to rugby union, I didn't turn into a rugby union player. I was a I was a rugby league player that played rugby union, and you know, I learned the fundamentals of the game and, you know, I made sure I can clean a ruck and I made sure I played the rugby union way. But ultimately, the, my unique quality was being a rugby league player. So, you know, when I come back here, I'm still going to play like a rugby, rugby league player, but there's rugby union things that I can incorporate into the game. And if that helps me or helps the team or helps one of the other players, then I'm going to implement it 100%. percent
1: you just going to be wazzing line outs then?
2: Yeah, just taking quick, quick line outs. Let's go <laughs>
0: Is it, is it just obvious that you're going to go straight back into the halves, having played centre in Union?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's natural position for me to, to play. Probably probably the easiest thing for me to do, really. Mm.
0: Look, Wilco, with your pundit hat on, and you, Mark, as well, yeah. what can Kyle, at 31, still achieve in, in what, league? What
3: hat have I got going Because
0: he, he's not going to say great things <laughs> about himself, is he?
1: What can he achieve in rugby league? Well... He can whatever he wants. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just uh, the, the, there's a handful of people that throughout your course of your career who have a tactical awareness or like a wide focus about what's happening in a rugby league game. Who can assess momentum, and take opportunities, and kick the ball and pass the ball both ways, and and who are constantly breaking a play down a few plays at a time. And I find it really interesting listening to Kyle, I think one of the things Kyle will bring back to Rugby League from Union is that, you know, that constant decision-making, you know, every every few minutes or seconds, things changing, you know, little subtle changes, every ruck's a competition, so you've got to constantly adapt your mindset. Like, I'm really interested, like, I'd love it if Kyle came back and just tore up the, the, the playbook of Rugby League and just went, right, let's just see, let's just go at it somehow, you know, in a different way. Um, so what can he achieve? Uh, he can achieve a lot, but a lot's dependent on the team that he's playing for. And, and, and you know, that that's, you know, Kyle is adding a lot of value to that team, in, in my opinion. I think the Leeds are a great side, a good side. But the, the uh, for me, Wigan and Saints are the big boys and, and Kyle can make a real difference to them. But you're often, it dictates what you can achieve in terms of, are we talking trophies or are we talking you know, personal performance. If you're talking personal performance, Kyle will blow the league to bits in time. But I think he will need time, just inevitably to get his movement patterns back. So for the people who want to tune in in week one and judge Kyle Eastmond as a rugby league player now, well, I think you're stupid. <laughs> like, view him, get to Easter, and then we'll see how Kyle's going.
3: And I think that'll suit Kyle's game as well with... With the way he plays, and you know, dry dry weather football rugby league will, will suit him perfectly. I think Leeds will be quite smart with how they, they drip feed him into into the season. Uh, I'm not sure how they are for injuries, but they've got quite a few halves and and, and, and spine players there at Leeds. Um, so I I can only reiterate what, what John said. I think from the middle of the season, he'll will have a great year and probably push for you know that the World Cup squad if if that's what he wants. Um, but having read an article about Kyle coming back, there was a headline that was 31. Now, I, I think he could, he could, if he wants to, have a good five, six years back in rugby league, should he choose to. And that's for a few reasons. Firstly, he doesn't just rely on his athletic ability. He's, he's got smarts, he's got game knowledge, and he's got a great skill set. So that, you know, as we saw with other players, like Lee and, and Sean Long, who played in the halves, they can play well into the, the mid-30s and still excel because... They're getting wise and getting smarter about the game. And secondly, I think he's probably not had that many collisions these last three or four years in Rugby Union. And and that that adds to the durability of a player. And I think probably the best we'll see of Kyle is maybe not this season, it's the year after and and the year after that.
1: It's a funny thing about age though, because age age is a weird thing in sport, isn't it? Because people use it against you when things aren't going well. So if, if... Thing, something doesn't go well it's your age but if you play well then it's your experience it's like well what yeah what, what you, it's two words what you doing to me, describe yeah? the same what thing think, so right okay me, me and Paul Wellens played in the halves for Saints after Kyle fucked off and took the money in Union so we, he left when he left us in the lurch so I was there playing halfback basically it said it said uh, in the papers uh, St. Helen's halfbacks with a combined age of 70 <laughs> me and Weller <laughs> But we were playing against Leeds we were playing Leeds who had Kevin Sinfield and Danny Maguire and they were 70 but the only reason it said 70 about us is because we lost <laughs> because you were shit so yeah exactly exactly
0: Look, Flash Flash mentioned it there Kyle um, and I know you've got to get in the Leeds team first but is that in your mind at all be honest the World Cup can you get to that World Cup squad
2: Um, it's it's definitely not in my mind to be honest Um. I think I'd be stupid to, to even, be looking at that. Um, yeah, my 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 goal is to to just get playing and get playing well as quick as I can in this Leeds team, and then, and then we'll see where that takes us. Really.
0: I wanted to ask you as well, and I know we see a lot of players going from league to union, and some even coming back to league like you've done. We very very rarely see players who've just been brought up playing union switch over and play league. And we've had, haven't we, Mark? We had your old mate George Ford, another olden boy, isn't he?
3: He is, yeah, yeah. another
0: olden boy. On, and, and he made no secret of one day wanting to play to play rugby league. You've been in a dressing room with him, Owen Farrell as well, with his obviously with his father and his background. Could you see those two? It was even conversations that you've had. Could you see them playing a league before they hang up their boots in union?
2: Um. Mate, they earn a fortune, mate. There's no yeah, yeah. way. So there's come on, let's, let's
1: get let's get the, get the money. It, here. how much? What are we talking? What are we talking? No, George I can't, Ford, mate. I can't. You can. I Just, can't. He knows with, that. All right. Just he raise knows. your right eyebrow if it's north of two million.
0: That works on a podcast. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, um, I think both both, both of them are massive massive on rugby League. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If if yeah. if at some stage. Probably probably especially Owen. Um I think George, George would fancy it as well, but it won't surprise me if, if they both had a crack at some stage, to, to be honest. Well
0: that's what I'm they thinking, you know, when, it, they like they've it. had they've had enough big contracts, haven't they, with, with money? And I know look you can never have enough enough big contracts going forward. But there must be it must be an itch that they really want to scratch just from where they've mm. come from. And that is their roots, isn't it? I mean that it would be massive for Super League if you could get those two. No or, or not, Wilco.
1: No, nah. I just think what we what we're doing now is right. Where, what you would do then in that situation is pay someone a huge amount of money to get like the back end of their career. What yeah. what the game needs to focus on is stopping Kyle Eastman from leaving the game. Right, St Helen's put ten years of development into this kid. He was an England international. He would have been the best scrum half in in World Rugby League, and the game couldn't keep him because commercially it's flawed. So Rugby Union commercially has got its stuff together and, and all it's doing is attracting the best athletes. It's no coincidence that Rugby Union never came knocking on the door for me or flashes. You know what I'm saying? They, they can pick the best guys, hand-pick the best four or five guys, but it's only five players, right? But the net impact of those five players is huge. You're talking about mm. your five best players. We're celebrating the fact they're playing in the NRL now. That's how weird rugby league is. We we we. I think the Super League retweet Canberra's wins because it's got English lads in it.
3: I'm thinking they should be playing in Super League. It's the lesser of two evils, isn't it? Because they think they're gonna leave, but we'd rather them leave to the NRL than go to rugby union. Yeah, but
1: let's get a strategy. Doesn't make sense.
3: Get a strategy. Doesn't make sense.
1: Not not. Let's get a strategy to get Owen Farrell and George Ford for some media headlines make a strategy to make
0: sure that the lads aren't playing in other competitions Fair enough look we've kept you a long time Carl. Um we have a, a strange and an eclectic mixture of uh, listeners um, for out of your league and we always do question time question time question time which question. Uh, pops up question every time. week question time um and you guys can get involved if you're listening every week on Twitter out of your RL. Uh, this one from Sean Bibby, who says, uh, we'll kick you we'll off with a nice, easy one. As a young Saints player, did John Wilkin make you cry?
2: Impossible. Impossible.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Impossible! No, no, he didn't. No. no, that never happened. Hey, look! Don't shoot the Don't shoot the question asker. I've just that's that's come in. Uh, this one from uh, Craig Paget. Did you ever have any other offers from Super League clubs? If so, was Sean Long OBE, uh, which I only realised said uh, stands for one big eye recently. Uh, the biggest factor on your move to the Rhinos.
2: Um. Like I said, the the three guy, the three guys there in the coaching staff was, was the, the the main reason. The infrastructure they have: Kev, Sean, Long, and uh, Richard Eger
0: Kyle, I don't want to go all Paxman on you. Were there any other Super League clubs in for you? Uh,
2: this time round, no Leeds. No, Just Leeds. okay.
0: Uh, right, Dan Heyman says, "What's your best Nick Fozard story?" Wow.
3: It'd get locked I up, think, wouldn't he, if you told that.
0: Yeah,
1: I think
3: No you can.
1: That's think... no, all worse what, than what? here, Kyle. Yeah, it's the truth tree. We're in the truth. we're in the truth tree. It's fine.
2: Circle of trust, mate, it's just us, no We'll we'll call we'll, we'll, we can't. The ones that I know in the back of the car <laughs> we, we can't do it. <laughs> you can. Sorry. We can. We There's can Nothing like f- fifteen or
0: twelve or PG. No. Fos
1: was no, straight. straight triple X there was nothing you know, you know. should we get <laughs> Buzz on the show it, so we can it. tell him himself no please no get it's life. a disaster
0: <laughs> um, right a few more here this one from the Saint actually this one's for you John very funny commentary on Makinson's testimonial on Saturday what did he do anything that we should know about No, I I was trying to be serious the whole way, so it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Phil H says uh, to Kyle, would you rather have a laugh that smells like a fart or a laugh that sounds like a fart?
2: (laughs) It sounds like... We don't want one that smells like that, do you? Ridiculous. No, but...
0: But you'd be you're making like a fart noise as soon as you laugh everywhere. Yeah. yeah. you going to yeah. go for. Yeah, I yeah, will take that. No problem. Uh, <laughs> and this followed. one from...
2: <laughs>
0: John, just out of, um, out of interest, what would you go for out of those two? Uh,
1: I don't have a choice, Will,
0: as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Halitosis. Uh, and this one from uh, Lewis Bradney, who says, do you ever think that there will be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark, Kyle? No.
1: <laughs> I really the <laughs> <officer>. No, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> he looks so
0: confused. Is that? I'm question? Very look, I don't ask the questions. I just read out the questions we've got. So, look, like, okay. if we need a if, if we need a new level of questions, then that's going to have to happen next week. Have we not got quick, quick fire
3: questions? Up. Well,
0: no quick fires this week. No, we're, we're being Ooh. all serious this week. Okay. Um, any other business, John Wilkin and Mark Flanagan, before we let Carl go. No, we've kept, we've kept the guy long enough, but
1: thanks for coming on, Kyle. Great. Good insight there. And I think, it, you know what you're saying about the right people speaking out and speaking in, in a right way, I think there's, there's, there's something really powerful in some of the bits you've come out with there. Something really powerful as well. So good on you, mate.
2: Cheers, buddy. I, I just want to Cheers, see him man.
3: back playing and work back to where he belongs and um, wish you all the best for this season, mate.
2: Thanks a lot, lads. Cheers.
3: Yeah.
0: Cheers, Carl. Appreciate your time, mate. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to Out of Your League. We're going to have a new episode for you every week, available to download from wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. And don't forget to give us a little follow on at out of your RL on Twitter. Be seeing you.